This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. All righty, so we are continuing on with our premarital counseling. So we've been going through this. Um, I think now we're into it for about 12 weeks, I believe, maybe more than that. Um, as we've been going through, we've been looking at different aspects of being ready or being prepared for the marriage state. So we've been looking at overall, are you prepared for the marriage state? Now, before we get into the teaching, I want to remind everybody that we do have um, a way for you to ask anonymous questions. So if you look on the website, you can go in and you can click that link and you can submit an anonymous question. It is totally anonymous, just like we did with the, uh, the family teaching that we had. So you can submit that and uh, nobody knows and we'll answer it at the end of uh, the teachings. Now, as I said, we've, we've kind of been in this and we, we've got a good, good uh, momentum going. So what I'm talking about, what my portion is for the next few weeks is submission. So, for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about, are you prepared to submit in marriage? So, are you prepared to submit in marriage? And just like we've all been saying, this teaching is geared towards those who are not married. Because, are you prepared to submit in marriage? That means that if you're, you're already in marriage, you should already be submitted. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to get understanding from these teachings. There are a lot of things... That, that you can glean from this because the submission is um, a principle for the believer. But also those of uh, you who have children, you got to teach your children this. And I, I believe, I forget, uh, which I think it was Minister Haston was talking about, you have to be prepared to let your children go. You have to be prepared that your child is going to go off and be a husband or be a wife. And not only just be a husband and wife, but a godly husband and a godly wife. So make sure that you are listening and not listening with the intent of I'm checking it off so that when the time comes and it seems like I can get married, people know I've been through the class, they saw me in teaching. But be, be prepared to listen to do. That's, that's the thing. You want to listen to do. If you're not listening to do, you're just doing time. You can go back home and go to sleep because you're not going to do it. You're just, you're just uh, standing still, basically. You're not moving forward. So, once again, I'm talking about submission. Are you prepared to submit in marriage? And my objective is we want to examine God's plan and his expectation for submission in marriage. And I want to focus on that in marriage because submission is something as believers that we all should be doing. We should all be submitted to God. And when we're submitted to God, we're submitted to his delegated authority. So in this objective, we have a few points. First of all, we're going to talk about submission as the believer. So we're going to look at what submission is as a believer. We're just going to take a look at it because, and I said, it's kind of like if you were here the last couple of Wednesday nights, we're going to flow kind of out of that vein for the first part. Because here's the thing. If you have the wrong idea of submission, just in general, you're going to be off on everything. So we want to make sure we understand what submission is in our lives as a believer. And then we're going to go in and we're going to start taking a look at submission in marriage. And we're going to look at what you need to be submitted to in marriage. So we're going to look at mutual submission and then delegated authority and submission in marriage. And then why should I submit in marriage? And then last but not least, how can I prepare to be for submission in marriage? So that's what we're going to be looking at throughout these next few weeks. 
So go ahead and let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. So if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to get started this morning um, with submission as the believer. Because once again, submission is not something that, oh, I'm getting married, so now I need to submit. No, you're a believer. You should have been submitted. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to make sure we're in line with what God says. And don't worry, we're going to read the definition of marriage. We're going to get to it. So um, Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 21. It says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, yet nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, and of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the husband, excuse me, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So that is our foundational scripture for this, this part of the teaching. When we say submit, so we're going to look at those and we're going to look at those in pieces. The very beginning of this for today, though, what we want to focus on, what I want to focus on is submission as a believer. Because if you don't have submission right as a believer, you're not going to have it right in a marriage. You're going to be off. If you, and, and you know, I'll give you cooking, uh, cooking analogies because that's what I know. Sugar and salt look alike. But if you com confuse the two, let's say you're making something savory and you put some sugar on that, the way you, you sugar it instead of salt it, you got a mess. If you put that much, like you put a cup of sugar, of salt in your, your cake, you got a mess. And that's what we do. I was thinking about this. What has happened is, in the world, and unfortunately in the church, what we've done is we say, God, we like marriage. We want marriage. But what we want to do is we've seen what you said it should be, but we want to make it our own. We want to substitute things. Instead of submission... I'm just going to kind of submit. Or instead of, as a husband, instead of being responsible for the things of, that God has told me to do, I'm going to do a little bit and give some of it away. But I want marriage. And then what we get is something that's not marriage. We get that salty cake. And then we say marriage doesn't work. But the thing about it is, it's because we didn't have it all right. We go in with the wrong idea. So as a believer, the first thing I need to do is I need to make sure that I'm submitted to God. So submit. Submit means to rank beneath, to align oneself under authority, to get in order, to arrange, to get into your proper rank, 
and to render obedience. So I'll read that again. And once again, if you were here on Wednesday nights, this is kind of a review for you. Submission means, or to submit means, to rank beneath or under, to align oneself under authority, to get in order, to arrange, to get into your proper rank, to render obedience. So, as a believer, I must be submitted to God with an attitude of lowliness and obedience that's grounded in the uh, understanding of my proper position before God as his creation. So I am submitting, I am rendering obedience, I am bowing myself down to God with an attitude of lowliness, of meekness, of humility. And that's because he's the creator. He's my God. Submission is to yield to the governance and authority of God. So I'm yielding to his authority and his governance. Submission is a choice. Once again, if, you, if somebody's making you submit, it's not submission. Submission is your choice. You freely give yourself over. You freely yield to the will and the ways of God. So we're talking about submission in marriage, but submission in marriage flows from submission to God. When I submit to God, his authority governs my life. So what does that mean? Because I was thinking about it, and I know I use the word govern a lot. And I said, let, let me break that down, because we want to make sure everybody understands right that. So his authority, that is his right, remember? His right and his might, so it is his position and his privilege as God, as the creator, as the authority, and his power and his might, or his power to enforce what he says. That, that's his authority. Now, if you can beat that, then, then you talk to him about it. But I don't think you can, because he's the creator, we're the creature. So what it is, his authority, his will, his purpose directs my life, has a restraining influence over my life, and it holds in check or controls my thoughts, my emotions, my decisions, and my actions. That's what it means to be submitted to God. So I'm going to read that again to you. So when I say governs, if I use the word govern, this is what I'm talking about. It means that God's authority, his will, his purpose, his word, his plan, directs my life, has restraining influence over my life, and it holds in check or controls my thoughts, my emotions, decisions, and actions. So, God has set the rules for my life. Not that he sets. They are already set. He's already done that. What I'm doing is, as I'm coming in, I am getting into the rules that he set. I'm getting underneath that. That's submission. So, he set the rules. He created the boundaries. He said, this is the perimeter, or whatever you, whatever circle or geometry thing you want to go with. This is what he said. This is how far you can go. Then, so remember, it's set. And you notice that I'm using past tense words here. Because it is not like he's sitting here looking at my stuff next week saying, oh, well, this is what I want Kelly to do. No, he's like, no, this is set before you even brought on the earth. It's set. So he set the boundaries, and he established the path that I take. So within those boundaries, to get to the places and the things and the purposes that he set for my life, he's already ordained what the way I should get there. And that's for all of us. So he set the rules, he's created the boundaries, and he's established the path. So as a believer, what that means is 
is that God tells me what I need to do and the method and how I need to get it done. So it's not like he says, you know, somebody will say, um, go to this place. And you're like, I don't know how to get there. And you're like, now you got to Google it and all these other things. God said, no, go to this place and I'm going to tell you how to get there. Now, a lot of us, we want to, I know like when I'm looking at directions, I don't want that little guy or that lady, whoever's talking, to tell me turn by turn. Before I go, i got to read them all and i got to know exactly where it is. And if they tell me it's by the ex-son, I'm looking at all this stuff. That's not how God's going to do it. God's like, you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to walk. You're going to have to take the step. And you're going to have to follow me. Step by step by step. But remember, he's our creator. We trust him. So we follow what he said in order. So when I submit or I yield to God, I fall in line behind him. I'm not trying to catch up to him because you can't. You know, when you think about it this way, you, how are you going to get ahead of God? You can't get ahead of God. Now, you can think that you're getting ahead of God, but you will not. You're getting yourself into a mess when you do that. So when I submit, I yield to God. I fall in line behind him. I conform to his will and his purpose and I align every part of me everything that I am to his will now when I say that every part of me you need to you see the gravity of it that means that submission is important it is not a light thing it is not something to be taken lightly it is serious in my notes I put this because I said I'll say it like this because everybody will understand I don't play when it comes to submitting to God that's it it's no play thing it's no pretty Play pretty, it is what it is. Submission is a lifestyle. Submission is not hit or miss. It's not like today I want to submit, tomorrow I don't. I'm going to submit in this area, but I'm not going to submit in this area. Submission is a lifestyle. It's the whole of who I am. So as a believer, submission should flow out of your heart as a response to God because he's the ultimate authority. And once again, make sure... Make sure you're getting the Wednesday night teachings. If you're missing Wednesday nights, go back and listen to them. Go back and listen to them. You know, I, I see it's so important that we understand God's authority. Because God made us a certain way. And he made us to do things. And he purposed for us. And we are so easily, to get, easily we get out of that purpose because we think of something else. But we need to get under God's authority and stay with him. So we should be submitted to God and stay within the boundaries that he set. We shouldn't be looking for alternatives. We should not entertain alternatives. So when we talk about marriage, we don't marriage is God's institution. We don't look for ways to make marriage our institution. So let's look at that. That brings us to the definition of marriage. So the definition of marriage says marriage is God's divine institution, excuse me, marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational free moral agents, a man and a woman, remember we are under God's authority, so what he made us at birth is who we are. We don't entertain the other things. That is all the way out from under God's authority. All the way. And I look at that and I'm like, wow, wow. And you know what the thing about it is? See, and I didn't. Need, I hope I can finish what I got to finish because this is taking me off my notes. But it's just in my heart. You know, we we look at our society and we think it is a choice that somebody chooses to say that they are a man, but they were born a woman, or they were born a woman and they're a man, 
or they say they're a woman and they want to marry a woman, or they say they're a man and they want to marry a man. That is rebellion. Okay? That is not, it's confusion, but it's confusion that plays itself out in rebellion. When you are confused, you do not act on confusion. If I, like I gave you the instruction, we'll go back to the sugar and the salt. If I'm confused, if this is sugar or salt, I don't work. I don't finish that recipe until I get the understanding. So what do you do when you are confused? What you in any area? It, it, what, what do we call it now? Your sexuality, or what the gender, whatever all the stuff they call it. If you're confused about that, don't act on that. Now I'm not telling you to hold it in and be depressed and all that stuff. Is what I'm saying is go to God. He created you. If anybody knows you, it's God. If anybody knows you, it's God. If you're wondering why your life is in chaos and all these things, it's because you're in rebellion. And you're in rebellion, and right now this is the thing that I'm talking about, but it could be in any area of your life. If you don't have peace, if you don't feel you don't have God's protection, you're in rebellion. So align yourself with God's purpose. So back to that definition of marriage. Marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational, free moral agents, a man and a woman, who are born again, choose to enter into a covenant relationship with another imperfect person for a lifetime. That definition is like five mouthfuls. Because I looked at it. And you know, like during premarital counseling, since I've been at Church of Living Water, which is 20-something years, Every time there's premarital counseling or premarital teaching, and you, people don't have to say it, this is what folks who are not married say. They don't want us to get married. They don't want this. They, they think marriage is bad. But listen to this third word here, the fourth word. Marriage is a divine institution. So I looked up divine because I know kind of what it means, but I said, let me get, get what it is. It's like excellence. It is glorious. So why... In this definition, would we put divine if we didn't want you to get married? These teachings are not designed, just like anything else, just like anything else that's taught, it's not designed to stop you from doing anything. Now, stop, stop you from sinning and being in rebellion. Now, that's true. But what it is, it's designed to prepare you. Prepare you. I, I, I cannot say this enough. It is to prepare you. Listen to the council. So, so it's summer. People, we're getting ready to take vacations. You don't just go in and just jump in the car and go. You don't put nothing in a bag. You just go. Don't know if you got. Don't know if you got your money. Don't know if you got anything. You just get in the car and go, right? That's what, that's how we do. That's not how we go on vacation. You prepare for vacation. How long does your vacation last? Who got a good vacation coming up? I got a pretty good one coming up. It's gonna last about eight days. That's a long vacation for me. I'm preparing. Marriage is a lifetime. A lifetime. You better prepare for marriage. The thing about it is, when you get in marriage, guess what? You are in marriage. You are there. It is an institution. You're not getting out of it. So prepare for marriage. So to prepare for marriage, you have to be submitted to God. So since marriage is between two believers, a man and a woman, guess what? Before you get married, you need to be submitted. You should already be submitted to God. 
The man and the woman should already be submitted to God. God should direct their life. Each individual, and I'm going to use the pronoun there, but if you're taking notes, you sh- this is what you should put I there, okay? God should direct their life, have restraining influence over their life, and hold in check their thoughts, emotions, decisions, and actions. So that's what it is. Each each person in marriage, the man and the woman, should be submitted to God. God should direct their life, have restraining influence over their life, and hold in check their thoughts, emotions, decisions, and actions. Before you consider marriage. So I want to break down this word consider. Because we all got to kind of like loosey-goosey consider, right? This is what I think consider is. You can be going out on dates with people. You can go to the movies. You can talk to them on the phone. You can whatever y'all do. Go to the shooting range. Throw the axes. Whatever. Do all that. But let's say, you know, if they say marriage, you're like, what? That's not considering marriage. That's just I'm enjoying your company. But when you start saying, you know, that's, you know I'm kind of digging them. I want to spend more time with them. And you're like, okay. And then you say it again. And then like the third time, you're like, I think I want to uh, spend more time with them. You're starting to consider marriage. You may not think you are, but you're starting down a path. You're starting to build ties with that person. Before you start building those ties, make sure you have a lifestyle of submission. It should already be established before you start building those ties. Because the thing about it is, once you build that tie, it just keeps going and going and going. And, and I believe it should go that way, but before you get into it, because it's leading to something. That's why it's going that way. It's leading to something. But before you do that, have everything in order. Once again, you're not jumping in the car with just your shoes, not your purse, not your wallet or anything, and go on vacation. You're preparing. So before you start thinking about it, if you're just like hanging out, cool. But if you start seeing, you know, like you're posting pictures on Facebook or whatever y'all put it now, TikToking, all of that stuff with them, you're, you're considering marriage. Now, you may not be considering them. <laughs> That's messed up, though. But y'all know how it is. Don't play with me. Y'all know how it is. I ain't that old. I know what it is. Like, I like you. I don't like you that much, though. But if you, but you're doing all that kind of stuff, you're considering marriage. So before you do that, make sure you're submitted. Now, the thing about it is, submission to God is not optional. So that means submission to his will and his order and his delegated authority is required. It is not optional. So as a believer, submission is required. It is not optional. What is optional is marriage. Marriage is a choice. You can choose to get married or not get married. You can choose when you get married. You can choose who you marry. Right? That's great. We, have, we, don't, we don't do arranged marriages here. So you have that choice. If you choose to get married, God requires that you submit to his order and purpose for marriage. So when you choose to get married, God expects you to submit to the order and the line of authority that he has, has established to govern marriage. I'm going to say that again. When you choose to get married, God expects you to submit to the order and the line of authority that he has established to govern marriage. That is not optional. Now, the option is to, to, to marry. But marriage is already set up. It is not going to be, remember God sets the boundaries. This is marriage. And in marriage, this is how things work. 
So that means that if you choose to get into marriage, you are choosing as a believer. Now, you, if you want to go and live like the world, go and live like the world, but do not expect a godly marriage. Understand, you're going to get what you put into it. So when you go into it, in this, in this ministry, I'm looking at the people in here, you expect a godly marriage. So when you go in, you have to go in in the boundaries that God has set and in the way that he does it. So that brings us to submission in marriage. So marriage is God's institution. He's established the purpose, the order, and the boundaries for marriage. So let's go over to Genesis chapter 1. So remember, marriage is God's institution. He's established it. He set it. He set the order. And the thing about it is God is not going to change. Okay? God is not going to change. So you can think that I'm different. Uh, it's going to be a little different for me. That's old school. Nobody knows. The person I'm thinking about marrying is perfect and this is never going to happen. That's, that's not how it is. And you can say, Christina, you're not married. You've never been married. You don't know. But I take counsel. Come on now. And then, you know, you see people in marriage. <laughs> I was thinking about this. And I'm going to say this. It's probably going to come up again. Women who are not married in this ministry right now, think about the stupidest, stupidest decision you made recently. The stupidest one after you did it, you're like, that was so stupid. You don't have to tell me, and you know you've done so. Think about that. Think about that. I'm going to give you a second. So, now, imagine that you're married, because you know you do, and that your husband makes that stupid decision, and you've got to submit to it. Are you ready for that? Okay, let's finish the teaching, right? <laughs> Are you ready for that? I, I, I did that and I thought, no. Because I made some I made some stupid decisions, you know. Like, why am I doing this? But that's it. That's the thing. When you get in marriage, you're no longer you're no longer you're just by yourself. You're with somebody. And we are people. We are human. We are frail. We make wrong decisions. And the thing about it is when you make a wrong decision for yourself, it's a wrong decision for yourself. But sometimes other people, your husband will make that wrong decision. And as a wife, you chose to be his wife. You chose to submit to that delegated authority. And I know what you think. Well, he shouldn't have made that stupid decision. Well, you shouldn't either. You were thinking about your stupid decision. So that's why I said make your stupid decision. And yes, I said stupid because we, it's okay. It's okay. We don't have to be all like that. We're people. We know. Like I just admitted, I make stupid decisions. So, so here we are. Okay, Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read some verses here in Genesis. Verses um, 26 through 28. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So, in submission, we, we get some things wrong, and we start thinking that one, the man is above the woman, and all these things. And we've got wrong teaching about that. So, we're going we're gonna to dispel those myths. 
Both the male and the female are created in God's image and likeness. Neither is superior to the other. Man and woman are different for purposes sake. The female is not an afterthought. Okay? It says says that he created he them, male and female. So when we look in the Bible, sometimes, and this is it, people have twisted the scriptures, we'll see descriptions of men and women in the Bible, and it seems like maybe the man has like a little superiority, but that's not why it's there in the Bible. And we may get to this a little later on. It's kind of describing how man and woman were created. And that's it. It's just showing you their differences, their distinctions that God made purposefully. So God, the creator, made man and woman different by design. And when we read that, sometimes we read stuff, and that's really what it's talking about, the differences. Not so much as who's better and who's, who's worse. That's how man twisted to get the upper hand. So let's go over here to Genesis chapter 2. So what we're looking at is we're looking at submission. So we're working up to something. So Genesis chapter 2, we're going to read verses. Um, yeah, we'll, first we're going to jump to 7. We're going to read verse 7, then we're going to jump to 18. So in verse 7 it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So that's verse 7. And the Lord God, verse 18 now. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field, but for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he woman and brought her unto man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, excuse me, they were, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So we see here, we see God forming. So he forms every beast of the field, every fowl of the air. He even forms the man out of the dust of the ground or out of the ground. So he, 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 he's creating things. And then it comes time for woman. Now, woman's a little different. God goes in, he puts Adam into a sleep, and he takes the rib out. And that's how he forms woman. So a lot of times when you see those distinctions in Scripture, that's really what it's talking about. So he forms Eve out of Adam's side. Not out of his head, so she's not meant to rule over him. Not over his feet, so he's not to trample upon her but out of his side, because she's to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be beloved. So that, you, see, you see, God, it's always a purpose. You know, you're like, well, he just took a rib. But God's like, no, I'm showing you something. He's going to teach you. So he took the rib. Now, when Adam sees, God brings, now, all this time God's been bringing animals, birds, things to, to Adam to name. 
And he's been like, this is fine, that's a horse, this is this, that's nice. But then he brings, that, brings Eve, brings a woman. And Adam says, that's it. That's it. Because God, God says, I'm going to make you a help. And when I bring her to you, you're going to know it. So Eve was the help suitable and complementary to Adam. That's the help that's meat. So together, Adam and Eve would work to fulfill God's plan. So if you look up there, it says um, in verse 18, God said, I will make him a help meet for him. So that meant that God, I mean, Adam needed help doing something. And guess what? What Adam needed help doing was what, not what Adam wanted to do, but what God told him to do. So that's the thing in marriage. We always have to remember that marriage is God's institution. So it's not our purpose. It's not our plan. It's God's plan. God defines marriage, or excuse me, he defined, let me get these words right. He defined marriage. He established the order and the purpose. So the husband and the wife work together to fulfill God's purpose and his plan. So you can see right now, when we think about marriage, it's already a little bit off. Because a lot of times you're not even thinking about God's purpose and his plan. You're thinking about he's cute, he looks good, he makes a lot of money, we're going to have pretty kids, he likes to go on the vacations I want to go on. We're thinking of all those kinds of things. And don't worry, if I say he, if you're a man, put in she, Okay? All right? That's marriage is between a man and a woman. I keep having to say it. So to have a godly marriage, I must agree with and submit to God's definition, his order and purpose for marriage. To have a godly marriage, I must agree with and submit to God's definition, his order, and his purpose for marriage. I cannot redefine reorder or repurpose God's institution. I cannot do that. But a lot of times, we don't realize a lot of times these things come up with marriage. We say we want a godly marriage and we know God, marriage is God's institution, but when we take that, we do whatever we want with it. We don't submit to what God has said marriage is. So, to submit to what God says marriage is, I must see marriage as it is, not as it's advertised. Okay? Not, not what you think it is. You have to see it for what it is. I can't have a romanticized expectation or view of marriage, whether that's a very positive or a very negative, or even just a positive and a negative view of marriage. I must view marriage as God has established it. Here's the thing. You're going to have your own ideas. Thoughts will come to your mind, but that's okay. The thing about it is you have your own thoughts, but understand your expectation, your hope has to be governed. Remember what I said governed means? Governed by the Word of God. Remember, you'll have thoughts, but pull them down and say, you know, that looks like a romanticized view of, of, of marriage. I don't think that's God's view. Let me ask God. So what you have to do is what we ought to do is we have to allow God to tell you what marriage is. That's what he's doing in these premarital classes. He's telling you this is this is what you can expect in marriage. It's gonna be you're gonna get it all when you get in there. It's gonna be then you're gonna get the details. Right now he's get, setting the boundaries. So allow God to tell you what marriage is. Allow him to order your thoughts. 
establish the boundaries and set the expectation. So you're going to have to submit. Each and every one of us is going to have to submit to God. And one of those ways is we're going to have to submit to what he says marriage is. How he established marriage, how he ordered marriage, how he defines marriage. So here, here's something I want to say. Because, you know, when we look here in our ministry and a lot of us, a lot of us in our lives, we see a lot of examples of God's marriage. And that's a great thing. That is a great thing. We see a lot of examples of godly husbands and of godly wives. And that is a great thing. That is good. God wants us to see that. But what we need to do is each and every one of us, each individual, has to allow God to instruct, correct, conform, and transform them into what God has called them to be. And the reason that you do that is so that you can be the godly spouse that you're supposed to be and have the godly marriage that you're supposed to have instead of just imitating those godly examples that you saw. You see, it's very easy to see what your parents have and to look on that and say, that's what I want. That is a good thing. But the, the understanding is what you, what you have to understand is you just can't go do what your parents did. You have to have, God has a blueprint for you. He has instructions for you. So you have to take that and you have to allow God to instruct you, correct you, conform you, and transform you into what he's called you to be. So that you're not an imitation. Because in the end, what's going to happen is you can, you can take the thing, because let me tell you, you're with your parents, yes, but you don't know everything that goes into their marriage. You don't know everything that they're doing. You don't know the prayers. You don't know the fasting. You don't know, you don't know the submission that has been put into place. All you see is the result. Now, you are up close. You're up close and you're able to see it, but you don't know all of it. So you have to let God put you in position so you can do what needs to be done. Because let me tell you, it's not enough just to have an outward appearance of this. You have to have an inward godly conviction that you're submitted to. So that, that is how you're going to get a godly marriage. That is how you're going to be a godly wife. That's how you're going to be a godly husband. You have to be submitted to that. So if you have not aligned yourself with what God says marriage is, then you're out of order before any engagement is made or any date is set. If you already think marriage is something else, that ceremony you're having now, when you have that ceremony and you take those vows, you are married before God. But in your mind, you're, you're not going to work out God's plan because you don't have it in your mind. You don't, you don't even know what you're doing. You're just like, well, this is fun. Or and then next week is not so fun because he's still here. Why is he still here? You know, that's what marriage is. If I'm working out of my own definition of marriage, then I'm rebelling against God. Understand, when you're doing things your own way, that's rebellion. I know we try to make it soft. And try to say, well, you know, I just was, I was just feeling like this is it. No, that's rebellion. Guess what rebellion is? Sin. There it is. You know, when you have your own definition of marriage and you're working out of that definition, you are in sin. So, so let's, let's talk about working out of that definition. I got a few minutes. Um, if you're not considering marriage and you don't necessarily have God's definition, you have time to get it. But if you're considering marriage, let me tell you how this works. If you're considering, okay, I'm going to use this cup and I hope I don't drop it. 
you're considering marriage. Let's say you're considering marriage is up to about right there, half of the cup. Those are your considering marriage thoughts. So you start hearing this teaching, and you start getting some more thoughts on what God actually says about marriage. Now you got about this much of God's thoughts. And you got this much, you're halfway there. You're kind of meeting in the middle. But you're considering marriage. You like this guy. You like this girl. So now, but I'm talking to them. And I really want to be with them. So now all of a sudden, your thoughts just start creeping up. The thoughts of considering marriage start creeping up. And what God says about marriage, slowly, just slowly pushing those out. Because guess what? Your mind's not going to hold all of that. So what you're, you're doing is you're not giving yourself space or room to do what God says do. You're not making, you, I said it in the teaching with you, you're not giving yourself a conducive environment to submit to God because you've got competing thoughts. Now, the thing about it is I'm not saying don't like people. Don't, don't consider people. But what you have to do is, first of all, you've got to get what God says. So if that means that, oh, well, I really like this guy, but I'm a little confused, you can say, you know what, I really like you, but I'm a little confused. I need some time. And then take the time. If, if he or she really likes you, they're going to give you the time. If he or she, first of all, okay, marriage is between two people. Both of them got to be submitted. If you say that to them and they got some issues, I'm going to tell you right now, run. Run fast. Because that means that they don't want to submit. And now you're going to go into to something and they're, you're going to see one thing and they're going to see another and you're not going to be agreed and it's not going to work. So if you are working out of your own definition of marriage, you are in rebellion. You are not submitted to God. So the first thing to do is understand and submit to God's will for marriage. So before I enter into marriage, I must know what God expects from marriage and what he expects from me in marriage. So that's what you're going to have to go in. You're going to have to do that because you've got to submit to it. The thing about it is marriage is a choice. You, You can choose when to do it. You can choose who to marry. But you're not going to choose how marriage works. God's already established that, and you've got to walk in that. You're going to flow. You've got to flow with God, so you've got to be submitted to God. Marriage is God's institution, so what he says goes. What he says goes. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can try to do what you want to do, but that's rebellion. Amen? So that is, we're going to stop for today, and we're going to pick up next week. We're going to start talking about uh, mutual submission, but um, that's where we're going to end today. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.